It's football and other F-words after dark. I am your host, Zach Lyons. You can follow me on X at F-words pod. And then, of course, I'm joined by always in the dark himself, Mike Herndon at Mike Herndon NFL. We're brought to you by Bluegrass Beverages, but it's after dark, so we're going to get a little wild. I Bluegrass Beverages celebrated their 50th anniversary and gave me and Stoney these nice little tumblers. I don't know if you can see Beautiful. it because I got all these it's lights. A lot of glare, yeah. It's a lot of glare, but it says uh, 50, 50 years, celebrate 50 years this past weekend. Got a little margarita in it. We got a lot to talk about today. We're, of course, going to talk about the the ridiculous tweet that was put out by Charlie Burris. Uh, we're also going to preview the first regular season football game of the year. Titans travel down to New Orleans, the second worst city in America. <laughs> they, technically, it would be like the, I don't know how many cities in Arkansas there are, and there's probably a handful in Mississippi. So it's probably really ranked like 50th worst or something like that. But it's just not good. Uh, I I find it severely overrated. You go once, you've had it. That's all you need to go back down there again. Uh, But they're traveling down New Orleans to face the Saints, led by Derek Carr. Uh, Before we get into all that, though, I do have to say how wonderful of a time that we had at Bluegrass Beverages for our friends in the Rolling Recipe food truck. Delicious, delicious Southern Bun Me I had from them. They had great nachos. I have to give them a shout out because they they already listened to the show, and uh, they they're avid listeners. So I had they they knew who I was. Unlike Ethan, who was behind us, who now follows me on Twitter and probably follows you as well, Mike. Um, I find it really hard that Titans fans do not follow you. I'm not surprised they don't follow me, but you have like 10 to 20,000 followers. I'm a little surprised that anybody that calls 20, themselves 28, yeah, 28,000 28, followers. I'm a little surprised anybody calls them a self-proclaimed lifelong Tennessee Titans fan does not know who you are, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but bluegrass beverage just put on a wonderful event at the end of this month. I believe that is September 28th through the 30th that weekend, that Saturday, They're doing a bourbon and tequila tasting for free. For free. 555 East Main Street in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Bluegrass Beverages. A free bourbon and tequila tasting. There is a good chance I will be at that one too. Uh, But we will see. But anyway, Bluegrass Beverages, Hendersonville, Tennessee, just celebrated their 50, 50 years. And with all this free stuff that they do, and it's a super nice liquor store. No wonder they've been in business for 50 years. Mike, let's just jump right into it. And usually this is probably the, the, the moment in the podcast where people expect that I'm just going to go on this wild um, profanity laced tirade about a tweet that had no business being tweeted and i'm gonna do something different we we're actually gonna switch roles a little bit because i myself have just facts and i just want to lay the facts down on the table in multiple multiple categories and you want to go after this guy and the guy that we were talking about, if you know, you should, you probably do, because I think everybody on Titans Twitter did. His name is Charlie Burris. He works for A to Z Sports, um, at Charlie underscore Burris on uh, Twitter X. And I'll, I'll say this. He's a fan, right? Like, the, guy, the people that cover the University of Tennessee volunteers are what PK preaches against, right? The, the, him and Zach Reagan do not have objective approaches to how they cover this team. And that is fine. I think there is a place for that, but we have to just call a spade a spade that they are fanatics. They are, they bleed orange. They bleed it all over their keyboards when they type an article or type a headline or type an X. And that's fine. Like I am, I'm fine with that. I think there's a space for fan analysis or, fan content. I mean, obviously, we started out as fans. I like the Tennessee Titans. I root for them, but I can also be very objective about everything around them. He puts out this X 
because Chad Withrow asked, when was the last time Nissan Stadium saw an atmosphere like this? This is what I hope for the Titans. You don't have, I mean, this is what you, to me, that tweet right there by Chad needs to say, what I hope the Titans get again. Because I think people are forgetting just how rocking Adelphia Coliseum was back in the day. Yeah. Even in the early stages of Nissan Stadium, it was still a rockin' in Nashville. Definitely. And Charlie quote, quote posts QPs, QXs this, and says, if the Titans would take even the smallest effort to pander to Tennessee fans, they could get more of this. Instead, they prefer to spit in our faces. So just, just for the record, we got the words pander and spit. It's not like they spat in our faces. They are continuing to spit on every time the Titans decide to put send out an X that does not include University of Tennessee. Happy birthday, Mason Kinsey. And then he's like wearing an orange birthday hat. If they don't do that, that's a spit in their face. So that's where we're at right now. They're constantly spitting in the face of it. In fact, rumor has it, Mike, that the Tennessee Titans are spitting all over the volunteers so much that that is why Josh Dobbs fumbled in the Jaguars game. He was just mm. he had too much spit on his hands from having to constantly wipe it off his face. Must That's be. the rumor. Must be. So I, I look at this, and he doubles down so much. And he gets on to the his his podcast, which is uh I don't I don't remember the name, and I'm not gonna look it up because I don't want to lose my place in my notes. But he does a podcast with Zach Reagan for A to Z Sports, and it's like Big Orange Nation or something like that. So he gets on there and he's like, "Come hear my reasoning." And like most UT fans who we both have confronted this week with just a simple question. What do you want them to do? He proceeds to lay out nothing. No solutions, just more generalities. And the the funniest thing to me is that he tried to act like he doesn't know who you are. <laughs> Full disclosure, A to Z has tried to hire you many times. <laughs> so, yes, I yes. mean, let, let's be honest here. And if you're a so-called Titans fan since they've been in Nashville... How do you not know Mike Herndon? I just it will always boggle me, especially with the, your twenty eight thousand followers. Like we already said, Look, if, if you he don't have to know, you don't have to know football and other efforts. You don't have to know Zach Lyons. I don't. I don't give a shit. If he wasn't on Twitter, me. I'd buy it more, right? Yeah. Like because I mean, you know, I, I, there's a whole other section of Titans fans out there that are not on Twitter that probably don't have any, you know, recognition of who I am, and I totally get that. I don't really consider myself to be like that well-known in the general fan base. But on Twitter, yes, I feel like most Titans fans are at least aware of me. Yeah, I, it just makes no sense. So I don't know where you want to start. His his rant, his initial tweet is ultimately meaningless. His, and it's just, it's and I get it, and we fed into it, right? This guy probably has gotten a hundred or probably close to a million kinds of engagements. So he's probably well on his way to get paid by Elon for this last 90 days, which yeah, is good for welcome, him. Like, Charlie. I mean, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome for all the attention. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I mean, good, good for him. Like, I'm not going to hate, but at this point, we put out sound tweets that didn't really attack anybody. Right. We didn't call no. anybody stupid. And we didn't call anybody ignorant or anything like that. We just put out facts and questions questioning this, this take. And I got no response. You got responses, and he just gave you more of nothing. Just flapping gums and nothing coming out of any kind of substance. Yeah, I mean, And it was ridiculous. But he goes on this podcast and is goes on a tirade, not against Titans fans, but against Titans media attacking him and... It was me, you, and Buck, I think, were the only Titans media fans or Titans media members that I saw attack him. And I don't even call what we did attack. I definitely do not consider what I did attacking him. I asked a question and just said, I would love to know how Titans fans have spit in the faces of Vols fans. I need real examples. And no, drafting a player from a college you don't like doesn't count. Yeah, that's. I it. was like, that, are there examples I am missing? There's like a, no attack in there, right? Like that is simply asking for example. If you're going to make a statement like that, 
be prepared to back it up, right? Like, that's all I'm asking. This is like when Ryan Tannehill was beating Malik Willis last year in the offseason. He was just going around with uh, socks or socks filled with soap and just beating the shit out of Malik Willis, according to everybody, because right. <laughs> and because he wasn't going to mentor him. Uh, oh, so here it is. So Sam Phelan, I guess, spoke out. And so he, first off, how cowardly of Charlie to not even name Sam, oh, who's his yeah. own guy, and just lump him in with high media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Na- name names. Yeah, if Buck yeah. and Sam were the two like out of town people that he was referencing or whatever, they work for your company. You know their fucking names. Say well, their and, names. like Buck was just saying, just because you work for, and it, he was talking to Alan Matthews, who's uh, logged in here. Uh, I, I saw him in the tweets earlier, but like. Alan Matthews tag Buck says, Hey, this is, I got something that got an early leader for stupidest thing in sports. Yeah. He's like, you do know we work together. Charlie did. And that's how he sounds in my head when, yeah. I, when he wrote that tweet. And, uh, and Buck's like, so <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do you not even know Buck? Like even yeah. I knew Buck was going to come back and say, that doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. He's, he's not going to the mat for you just because y'all yeah. are on uh, a to Z mass ad together. I asked the same thing. Like, are the, are there examples I am missing of NFL teams pandering in quotation marks to a particular college in their area? I couldn't look, couldn't find it. You had someone in your tweets say that uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and new England Patriots do university nights. You Google any kind of college night, university night, or anything for Pittsburgh Steelers and New England Patriots, I found nothing. Well, and the thing is, the Titans have done those nights. Like, there there was a promotion at one point where if you bought a ticket to a certain game uh, for the Titans, you got a hat that was like a Titans hat with like a Tennessee power tee on the side. So, like, they have done those promotions. It's not like that has never happened before. Um, and no, there is not like a big example of, well, this, uh, NFL team really wrapped their arms around the local university. And that was how they became a big success. That that's a story that is fucking make believe it doesn't exist. There is not one example in the entire NFL of that happening. So what do you want them to do? And this is, this has been my whole point, right? This has been my whole point with, with Vols fans, right? Give me an example of them spitting in your faces because, for one, like, if you want to say they haven't done enough to court Vols fans or whatever, okay, maybe, maybe, and I'll, I'll come back to that. But that is not spitting in your faces. That's not the same thing. The spitting in your faces, to me, and I know he'll refute that this is what this means, is well, he's, simply he's already about said that was too much. He crossed the line with that one. I don't know. I have a big issue with the term pandering because pandering means way more yeah. than what these people are thinking. Well, that's true too. I mean, it, it is they're they're asking for their boots to be licked by the professional football franchise in order to come over and and support them. And listen, here's my thing on this. One, I want one person, one Tennessee fan, because I, I had several Tennessee fans in my mention coming mm-hmm. through saying. Oh, well, um, the Titans just have a bad reputation among Vols fans or the, or the Titans. Um, we can't remember what they did, but they did something that we didn't like. Uh, but nobody can know, name a specific example. And one fan even went so far as to say uh, they were hostile. It was hostile. The Titans yeah. were hostile towards, towards Vols fans. I saw I'm these. Like, and I'm like, what hostile? He- like, what? what are we talking about here? Like, if you can't remember what it was, it was not hostile, right? Like a hostile act is not something that you just forget about. And you don't generally forget. Like if you have something that happens to where years and years and years later, you still don't like this football team that's located in your state, uh, represents your state, all this stuff. And you can't remember what that thing was. It's either bullshit or it was so minor that you're just holding a grudge for no reason, right? So, like, or you nobody's starting a fan anyway. Like, you could be, guess what? College towns, <clears throat> I'm gonna blow people's minds here real quick. College towns are filled with people from that aren't from the area. Oh, yeah. And, that, well, and, well, and, and let me say something most people who are a fan of football <clears throat> that are this age that are coming to your school in University of Tennessee already have an established NFL team rooting interest more than likely. It's probably not going to be the Tennessee Titans because as we have said on this show, ad nauseum when talking about national media respect, 
This has nothing to do with the University of Tennessee, but talk about national media respect. This is a, a franchise celebrating its 25th year. This isn't a 100-year establishment. Yes, University of Tennessee should have more fans. It's When you talk about the population of college students that come in one after another, I mean, like thousands upon thousands, ten, probably what? I'm assuming like hundreds of thousands of people, I guess, go to University of Tennessee every year. An influx, and I'm probably way undershooting it, but an influx of new people. Of course, University of Tennessee is going to have a bigger fan base. This is not like, it's not some secret. If you think this has been some hidden secret that college fan bases are quite larger than NFL fan bases, then you must be living under a rock. That's I mean, maybe that's the one you painted on. I don't know. Well, and some look, some fan bases are are bigger than others. Here's the thing with the Titans, and and yes, the Vols Vols fans are more passionate. They're louder. They support their team more than Titans fans do. That's very true. You know what else? Like I grew up in Nashville. Uh, you know, believe it or not, believe it or not, Charlie, I grew oh. up in Nashville. Um, I was a Vols fan, a diehard Vols fan. Like uh, I owned Andy Kelly jerseys. I own Heath Schuler jerseys. I can name you like every member of the 1990s. I don't even know who the first guy is. I know who I know who Heath Schuler is, but I don't know who the first guy is. Oh, uh, he. Oh, Andy Kelly was a, not only a Vols quarterback, but a quarterback of the beloved Nashville Cats. So I'm oh. a little bit offended uh, that, that you don't remember him. But uh, <laughs> here's the thing: I grew up here. It was all Vols and Braves baseball. That was all anyone cared about. It, growing up in school, that was all anyone talked about. Nobody talked about like the NFL games of the weekend. It was all about did you watch that Tennessee, Florida? Did you watch you know whatever? It was it was all about Vols sports, and that goes back generations. My dad was like that growing up. His dad was like that growing up, and when you have a fan base that goes back generations and generations and generations. They're going to be more loyal. They're going to be more invested because you know what? They grew up. That's all they knew. That's all they were. That's all they were given. I was what? Uh, let's see. I was 10, 10 when the Titans moved here. So I was not, well, no, it was 10 when they were announced 12 when they moved. Say, here. Yeah. So, no, yeah, so yeah, I had already formed like opinions on, you know, who my favorite teams were and things like that. So I, I adopted the Titans immediately when it was announced they were moving here. Um, and I was all on board and excited to have an NFL team here and stuff like that. And not everybody did that. And that's fine. Some, some people already had allegiances due to like their favorite player went here or whatever. That's fine. Some, some people just didn't like pro sports. Also fine. Um, but what I think we're really getting at here is like, the Titans are in the 25th year. They don't have generational fans. There's nobody who's like great granddad remembers going to Titans games in the seventies. You know, that's not something that exists in the Titans fan base at this point. Um, it will be, you know, I'll say check in in 25 years and see how the fan base is doing. I think it'll be a lot better, um, but it's not there yet. And, and, you know, Oilers, some Oilers fans came over and they have generational people uh but they're, they're mostly all not <laughs> yeah they're mostly not in tennessee right like most right. of the generational titans oilers fans are not in tennessee so that's that's part of the difference between the two fan bases but then also let me just say this most of the vols fans that have been in my mentions bitching about pandering and needing to have their boots licked by the titans uh or saying you know they could at least do something they could at least do something have you considered that you're just a college football fan and there's nothing nothing wrong with that you i'm not here to tell you how to fan i'm not here to tell you how to who to root for i don't give a shit if you root for the titans or not if you root for the vols and that's your team that's great and and if you want to just root for former vols in the nfl that's great go ahead do that don't care um but don't pretend like the titans if they sent you a mailer every year or if they did an extra caravan stop every year all of a sudden you'd be like decked out in two-tone blue every Sunday in Nissan Stadium screaming your heads off like you would for the Vols because it's not going to be that way. There's no amount of pandering or marketing or like bullshit, you know, promotions that the Titans can throw out there that's going to convince you that you need to be as passionate about them as you are about the Vols. It's just not going to happen. It's not how you were brought up. It's not what your interests are. And they are not in their – 
it's not in their power to change that. So let's stop pretending like there's some magic thing that they need to be doing that would convert you all, all you Vols fans, into passionate, like, die hard there every Sunday Titans fans. Because there's not. There's nothing that they can do, and that's that's okay. You're a college football fan, and you have a passing interest in the NFL. It would be great if the Titans could win over you as, as you know, that being your NFL team. But you're never going to be more than, like, a casual, like, turn it on on Sunday maybe fan. Like, that's – it's and that's fine. That's okay. But let's not pretend like they owe you something because they are in the state. Like, well, that's that's my thing. The Tennessee Titans have been doing business in Tennessee since 1997, right? So they've there's a and even before that, when they're planning, you know, finding locations and doing market research, this is where I I kind of have to put on my little nerd hat, my business hat. And obviously, the Charlie guys never ran a business in his life, and and that's fine. Not everybody's made to be to be a business leader and all that kind of stuff. You gotta have workers, right? But I look at this and I'm thinking, my biggest thing is that we have to a, a business knows when you have a marketing campaign, what is going to be? Are we going to make our money back on this marketing campaign? Are we going to see dividends later on down the road? Investing. In a college town makes no sense for an NFL team, especially when it is three hours away. And, and what I mean, and it's a fan base that is super committed to that college team. Yeah, like, they're never gonna win over Vols fans that are gonna be like, you know what? I'm more of an NFL guy now. You know, I, I yeah. grew up a Vols fan, but now I'm an N- like. It's not. But gonna the happen. thing is, is that like, who is who that is a Tennessee fan? is really going to make the trip every weekend to a home game for multiple years on end after a Saturday in Knoxville or after a well, Saturday those, that they're tailgating. That is fans, really hard to do. The, the, there's fans they, that do they it. They exist, yeah. Yes, they exist, but there's that's why you don't see money driven into the University of Tennessee-Knoxville area is because it doesn't make business sense. They have seen campaigns. They have been through there multiple years on Titans Caravans there, not and have lot. seen the turnout, right? Like you see the turnout. They make note. Well, this is how many people showed up for this Titans Caravan. Here's how many hats we sold with the UT logo on it. Hey, we did a day where we do UT drinks in the in the thing. <coughs> They've done all of this kind of stuff and they're keeping note. And you know why? They're not investing more money to the University of Tennessee and into Knoxville because you guys don't spend money for them when they do. They are losing money on marketing campaigns like that is just business. That's just cold, hard facts. Now, listen, they did pander to you. They did do you a favor. They let you guys come into the stadium. They let you host a football game there. And they the UT fans came in and rocked it. Here's the thing about this attendance record thing. Yeah, this is the Tennessee ridiculous. Titans do not sell like standing room only tickets or whatever. Because there's of NFL only rules. 16, yeah, there's only 69,134 seats or something close to that, right? There's 69, it's under 69.2. So if you guys beat that, that just means that you guys sold general admission tickets of some sort or you have field passes and the attendance got it. You guys weren't sitting in those seats that the Tennessee Titans, they've sold out <clears throat> that yeah. stadium before. This is this is the most ridiculous part of this whole like, right. thing, like chess meeting. Look, we got 69-200 They sell there. out a 100K stadium, so of course they're going to be not only a sellout, but if there's additional tickets above the seating capacity, of course they're also going to come to that. And guess what? It's also cheaper than an NFL game, which has to play into this. Because if you're from out of town and you're doing going to UT Vols uh, volunteer games and you're coming over here and having to spend money, that's a hefty cash uh, amount of cash that you're having to spend that you're not going to do all the time. So, like to me, it just it just is not a big. And first off, quit saying it's the biggest sellout or biggest attendance record in these. Make sure you put football event. Because you guys are not come close to anything of any of the concerts that have been there. Right, yeah. Taylor probably it's just owns all of the top 10 on that. Um, but no, I mean, and that's the thing. 
it's not like the Titans have never sold out Nissan Stadium before, right? Like real Titans fan. Oh, well, sorry. Excuse me. Charlie is a real Titans fan. Been around for a while, so he would know that. So there's no way that he doesn't. He wouldn't. You know, he should know that. Like like the um, uh, Bengals game, right? Obviously, the result was terrible for the Titans, but the atmosphere and the buzz around that game and the cost to get in to see that game was to the max. Like it, that ticket was so hard to find uh, for that Titans Bengals game two years ago. There's if it, that seat could have been a hundred thousand, hundred twenty thousand seat stadium, they would have sold it out, right? Like the only reason that the Vols have the attendance record for a football game in Nissan Stadium is because the college rules are different than the NFL rules with regards to how many tickets they're allowed to sell in that stadium. It, it, it only comes down to that. Like it's pretending like this is the first time that stadium's ever been sold out is so stupid and so just like intentionally obtuse that I just like I can't believe they That's the to University make this of point. Tennessee College of Business's motto, intentionally obtuse. <laughs> but like I, that part that part kills me and then I, I think there's the one other thing that I want to get to on all this is the the people who keep bringing up that, yes, they do want the Titans to draft Vols players. The Titans have drafted Vols players. They drafted Second Justin most. Hunter. They drafted Albert Hainsworth. They drafted uh, Jesse Malona. Joey they, Kent. They had Tro- Joey Kent. They had Troy Fleming. They had Carl Pickens here. They, um, they draft local players too, right? Tyrone Calico, yeah. uh, Kevin Byard, Colton Dow. I mean, it's, and it's not just, all, you know, Knoxville players. All these people are, are pretending like if Trey Smith was on the Titans right now, that this would be, I mean, the Titans would have to be turning away Titans fans. I don't know, the Titans, because, the Titans luck, he probably, have, you know, had his heart problem well, flare up again with their medical. And, and that's, that's the other thing with Trey Smith. And uh, look, I, Second guessing, obviously, like, sure, you would have loved to drafted Trey Smith in the third round. Like, shit. I mean, he's – I thought – I wanted them to take him on day two in that draft, right? Like, that's what, where I had him. I'm not a doctor either, though. I So, I didn't see his medical reports and the, the blood clotting issues and everything like that that were the reason that 32 teams passed on him five times and, you know, almost 31 passed on him six times because I think the Chiefs got him at the very end of the sixth round. Um, so it is the Trey Smith thing. Like there were medical concerns with that. Now, if you want to say like, they should have taken Calvin Kamara, whatever, that's great. Them having Alvin Kamara would not materially change how much Vols fans actually care about the Titans. Now it, maybe it changes how many Vols fans actually show up to a game, uh, because they do want to see Alvin Kamara or whatever, but Look, they've tried it. They tried it with Justin Hunter. They tried it with all these other guys that were stars for Tennessee. Where was the big, like, huge Vols outpouring of support when Albert Hainsworth was here? Like, Albert Hainsworth was a first-round pick. Uh, He was a star for Tennessee. He was a star for the Titans. Where was the huge, like, oh, my gosh, we are all in on the Titans because you guys took our guy. Where was that? Like, where was that then? Because it didn't exist is – My thing is, is is that they're averaging 4.2 under the Vrabel era, right? 4.2 players drafted in every draft. Okay. So they're not like some big producing talent school. And Juwan Jennings is just a more recognizable name than Nick Whisper Kikine. I mean, like they're they're the same. same They are the same guy. (laughs) Like no doubt. And I get it. Josh Palmer is a nice weapon in a high flying offense for the, uh, for the LA chargers over there. I love Trey Smith. I wish but the Titans again, would have taken a chance. With Josh Trey Palmer Smith. isn't filling up Nissan Stadium. Like, right. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous to think that Falls fans would just be beating down the door because they got to see Josh Palmer play this weekend. Like, get the fuck out of here. That's stupid. You know, my, my thing is, is that like everybody, they want to say that, well, the Titans aren't for Tennessee. They should be the Nashville Titans and blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, if you just go a few days ago, they did a 901 day. And then right after that, they just had University of Tennessee in their fucking stadium for a game. Uh, but they're not for Tennessee. But my thing is, if you're going to say that about the Tennessee Titans, they're not for Tennessee. <clears throat> doesn't seem like you're really for Tennessee. Because if you if Tennessee pride is supposed to be a thing, you should have automatically, everybody that lived in Tennessee that was basically, I would say, 
21 and younger when the Titans got here should all be Titans fans. And if you're not a Titans fan, and listen to this. Here's what I'm going to put the onus on Knoxville Titans fans. If you want to build a better fan base in your area of Knoxville, because I put the onus on someone, they because they go, well, tennis, the Titans should be organizing watch parties in Knoxville. No, you as a fan should be organizing parties in Knoxville. I know for a fact there are ones in Chattanooga. We got people out in fucking California doing it. Why aren't you doing it in Knoxville? That, the if you want to build fandom, you build it organically through grassroots outreach like that. You as a fan should be built turning people into Titans fans. Your kids should want to be a Titans fan. If your girlfriend doesn't have a um, uh, NFL team, if your boyfriend doesn't have an NFL team, doesn't matter. If your parents are like, you know, hey, we're coming down to Tennessee, you know, we're going to Nashville, you want to go to a Titans game, and you say no, I'm busy. I mean, it's just to me, it's just like you are responsible for expanding the fandom of of like yes the product has to be good but you can't sit here and say that the university of tennessee's product's been good for the last 20 years on average you have one really good year you guys are right now basically the jacksonville jaguars of the sec you have one good year and you guys think you your shit don't stink and you forget about the previous years under butch and all those guys before him you guys just forget about it like one winning season washes away other seasons of like pain it's like we're just done. Those those seasons do not exist. We're writing them off the record books. So to me, and I think Tennessee's gonna be still pretty pretty good. I mean, Jim Milton's all right. Yeah, I I think you just have to if you wanted to grow in Knoxville so bad, you're so desperate for a bigger Titans presence in the University of uh, Tennessee in Knoxville. Grow it. You do it. If you're just going to sit there with your thumb up your ass on your couch and just like, oh, damn, nobody's here watching the game with me. Guess we don't have any Titans fans, and they're all Predators fans. I know more oh. Predators fans than Titans fans in Knoxville. Yeah, okay. A ridiculous statement. Absolutely yeah. absurd statement because, look, the Predators, I love them, all that. They don't come close to touching the Titans from a popularity standpoint in the city, much less the state. Um, which the Predators fan base is a lot more locally concentrated in Nashville than even the Titans fan base is. Like the Titans fan base spreads further, um, even though, you know, for whatever reason, they struggle with some Tennessee fans, not all, because look, and I think it's a point that needs to be brought up. I grew up a Tennessee fan. All of my best friends basically are Tennessee fans. I love Tennessee fans. I love Tennessee. I I root for them when they're not playing Texas, right? Um, but there are loud elements of the fan base that, that don't cast the best light on Tennessee fans as a whole, but it is not all of them. Um, and most of the ones that I know are completely reasonable about this stuff. So I, if you're listening to this and you're a Tennessee fan and you think we're like, dogging on Tennessee fans we're not we're dogging on the people who made the loud stupid x you know tweets or x's or whatever you want to call them um that did not provide any evidence to back up what they were saying um and one last thing I'll say on it before we move on is uh one Will Levis was viewed by almost all draft analysts to be a better quarterback prospect than Hendon Hooker. I understand Hendon Hooker had the better college career. Nobody's debating that. Nobody's doubting that. Maybe he will turn out to be the better NFL quarterback. I don't know. It's a projection game, but that's it. It is a projection game. So it does there not really matter. There are a lot really of people that said Will Levis was, is broken, but somehow Hendon Hooker's ACL is just like, just magically is not going to be ever be a problem. Right. I mean, like, th- there's several reasons that Hendon Hooker did not go, you know, in the first round, the second round, um, and then ended up being selected in the third round. So, I mean, it, there are plenty of reasons that teams and analysts thought Will Levis will end up being a better pro than Hendon Hooker. Nobody, nobody's debating that Hendon Hooker was a better college quarterback, right? So, uh, but that's not all that it came, comes to it, because otherwise, like, Colt Brennan would have been, like, a multi-time All-Pro, and, and Tom Brady would have been nobody, because Tom Brady was not good 
at Michigan in college, right? So it, there's it's a projection game. So we'll see what happens. Levis could be better. He could be worse. <laughs> I had Levis better than Hooker as a projected NFL quarterback. Um, but, you know, this podcast was not high on Will Levis. Like, we are not the big Will Levis stands that uh, – I, I, I started yeah. the hashtag never Levis movement. I mean, right. like – Exactly. But hey, guess what? Here's the thing. He's a Titan now. I'm rooting for the best, but yeah. I also have realistic expectations that I that it's going to happen. But you know, you know, yeah. we'll been see. Wrong before. It, it's just very infrequently. But the la- last thing I'll say is the carpet bagging comments, which are just like high key protectionist and just like, oh, we only want things to stay the way they always were and never change because change is bad. Um, one. Most of the Vols roster is not from the state of Tennessee. And if you think that these kids from California and Georgia and uh, Florida and Texas and everywhere else are coming to Tennessee because they they fell in love with our state and by golly, they just they just want to be Vols for life. And I'm sure you're, there's you're, some audio clip of them actually saying that, which is, guess what? It's good public relations. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, guess what? Um that's that's not why they're at the University of Tennessee. They're at the University of Tennessee because either they like the coaches the best uh, out of all the coaches, the schools that are recruiting them. They got paid the most via NIL or, you know, during the Jeremy Pruitt <laughs> era by McDonald's bag. Um, or three, they think Tennessee gives them the best the best path to the NFL. Which is the definition of a carpet bagger. They're coming in, they're using your program to better their financial future. The same thing that the Titans players are doing. So get the hell out of here with this nonsense of like the, the Vols represent the, the true Tennesseans and the Titans are just these transplant carpetbaggers. Like, get the fuck out of here. This nonsense, stupid, like such a backwards way of looking at anything to begin with. But I mean, if, just he, wrong if, if on Tennessee's top of team was made up of people that actually represent the state of Tennessee, it's going to be a lot of out of shape white guys that uh, are chugging bush light before they go on the field. Like that's just not how football works. Football is a melting pot of different cities and different uh, states coming together to play one sport like this is it's ridiculous to think that's like well volunteers are the only the only team in tennessee that have like all the homegrown players i'd venture to say that memphis is better with is filled with more homegrown talent than uh university of tennessee is but it's still not a high percentage like that's the point right all right let's done i'm done with this it wasn't football let's talk about fun but and, and it was congratulations fun. to Charlie for his yeah. engagement and uh and you know and for having the worst uh, the maybe the second worst take. There was one that was uh pretty bad today, but I'm not giving that guy any breath of uh of this <laughs> airtime. Uh week one at the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints have key additions of Derek Carr, Foster Moreau, and Jamal Williams. The key losses, they had lost David on Imada. And I guess you could say Marcus Davenport. He was, I, I'll never forget them trading up for Marcus Davenport and just me losing my collective shit that that was the worst fucking trade I've ever seen. Um, here's, I got the stat of the game for everybody. Stat of the game. Are you ready? Yeah. Derek Carr's 0-2 versus a Mike Vrabel coach Titans team in 2022. It's really stats of the game. In 2022, Carr had eight of 15 games where he posted below a 60% completion percentage. Now, please remember, this is with Devontae Adams, arguably the best wide receiver and biggest cheat code in the NFL for a quarterback. And the last four games before getting benched, his highest completion percentage was 55%. So, I want to, that's a little stat of the game. I'm going to try to do one for every game. A little stats of the game. Right. Uh, so, my first question for you, Mike, and if you if you aren't ready for it, I don't mind answering first. But what do you think is the key matchup to exploit that the Titans are looking at when they are in their film room? They're saying that we need to attack this person or this uh, position group a certain way. What do you think is the key matchup to exploit? To me, the biggest uh, advantage that the Titans have is going to be uh, the interior 
rushing attack here. So, like, I think, like, Cameron Jordan still is a pretty good player, pretty good run defender. But in the middle, hey, Vols fans, guess what? I'm going to say something nice about you guys. Uh, Shy Tuttle, they lost Shy Tuttle this offseason, former Vol. Um, that hurts the Saints a little bit. They also lost David Onyemata. Um, they also lost Caden Ellis, who was one of their their key linebackers. Now, Demario Davis is still in there, um, who's outstanding. But the Saints are a little light up front. Um, Pete Werner is a decent linebacker, but they they didn't really replace most of those guys. They're they're requiring you know guys like Malcolm Roach. Um, you know they took a they took a first round pick. Brian, uh, I think is it Brisset or Breezy or I, yeah. I have no idea how to pronounce his name to be honest. But uh, they had their first round pick out of Clemson, the defensive tackle, um, good player, but but a rookie. I think that's going to be the spot. Now, the Titans aren't particularly strong in the middle of the, their offensive line, um, in my opinion. I, I do think Skaronsky is probably the best player in, in the Titans' offensive line already. Um, but I think there's a, a pretty good opportunity for the Titans to really run the ball against the middle of that Saints defense especially um, and to try to, to get Henry untracked pretty early in this game. So I'm gonna go on the I'm gonna go on a different side of the ball. I agree with you because but because especially because last year Dennis Allen had a horrible, horrible run defense uh yeah, they for were the New Orleans Saints and they got worse, right? Like they they were kind of buoyed there from 2020 and 2021, but in 2022 they were just they were piss poor in that. So I agree rushing attack was gonna be one of my answers. But I'm gonna say you gotta you gotta attack Trevor Penning. Uh, I think, you know, Penning is currently he's in his second season, and I think that that's who you need to attack right off the bat, especially with this pass rush that apparently isn't as good as the Jaguars, according to last year's stats, with no context, according to some guy that works for playerprofiler.com. Um, but he's their starter at left tackle and has only played 124 snaps over at left tackle. And 33 of those were pass blocking snaps. So, like, he does not have a lot of experience as a pass blocker. He was very raw. He's very emotional, too. So, if you got yeah. some an emotional Trevor Penning going up against Jeff Simmons and Tierra Tard all damn day, good fucking luck keeping your head yeah. on straight. Uh, I'll go ahead and make a bold prediction that Trevor <laughs> Penning is getting a personal foul in this yeah. game at some point. I think the Titans should crash that side constantly and shift the pressure away from Ryan Ramchek, who's on yep. the right side. And I'll I'll say this: Derek Carr, when kept clean, sixty-five point three percent completion percentage, seven point three yards per attempt. Derek Carr under pressure, fifty point nine percent completion percentage, six point five yards per attempt. Yes, I know most quarterbacks don't play <laughs> well when under pressure, but it's a noticeable decline in completion percentage, and there is no Devonte Adams on this team. Michael Thomas, we don't know what he's going to be. Alvin Kamara, the safety blanket, he's he's having a rough go. You know, he's suspended. Oh, he yeah. yeah, he's 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 suspended. And just uh, in case there anybody Olave doesn't really know, good. yeah, that's we'll get to that. But just in case anybody doesn't know, Alvin Kamara got suspended. And guess what? When you're suspended for the for the first three games of the season, you're not going to play your first three opponents because you're one of those people that tweeted out that fucking same tweet. Oh. Week one matchup, he's not going to be available. Well, no not shit, a, fucking Sherlock. Not everybody has the whole Titans uh, rock, like <laughs> schedule memorized. So I, I just think put everybody it knows the, the first fucking game. Not I think everybody. everybody knows not, not when that. Not did when you, that how many thank yous? Oh, thank you, Mike. How many thank you, Mikes? Did you get in? I, your I put reply? it. I put it out there for the Vols fan, fans that don't pay a ton of attention to the yeah, Titans. There you go. Well, they don't know who you are, so they uh, they're probably true. not following you anyway. Um, but to me, it's it's Chris Olave, and that's it. And Chris Olave is the scariest, and we're going to get into the scariest matchup for the Titans. Chris Olave is the scariest matchup for the Titans. Uh, we don't know really what the defensive backs are. We think that Christian Fulton is back to 2021 form, but we don't really know because we haven't really seen him like legit in a game at this new with this new body, this new yoga mastery behind him. So I'm just, I'm not sure. I have faith in Chris Harris. I have faith that Mike Vrabel is going to take Chris Olave away. Um, however, he just seems like a night, nightmare matchup. Um, 
he hasn't played like Sean Murphy Button has played no games in 2022 versus Olave. So we don't really know what he he can do against this team. And Arden Key and a healthy Harold Landry should help. This pass rush should help. But man, if you're not betting Chris Olave to go over 100 plus yards, I think that's a missed opportunity. Like that's just kind of how I feel. It doesn't mean that I think they're going to win or anything. I just feel like he's going to go off no matter what happens around him. Yeah, I, I would agree that he's definitely the scariest member of that offense with Kamara out. Um, you know, I, I think Carr is a fine quarterback. Like, he's not um, – he's, he's, he's like Tannehill. He, well, he's he's Mascara know? Tannehill. Yeah, basically. I mean, it, you know, when he's protected, I think he's worse, but I know that you think that they're like the same. I think he's definitely worse, but yeah, you know, I, I think argue about that. I think I think they're very close. I mean, they have different strengths and weaknesses and all that, but um, I do think that like the Titans, if they can get pressure and look, the interior of the Saints' um, offensive line isn't that great either. I mean, I think uh, Ruiz has been a bit of a dis- disappointment. Um, you know, they've got the center uh, kid out of Texas A and M, who I'm blanking on his last name right. Now. Oh, Eric McCoy. Um, and then they've got Andrews Pete, who's fine. I mean, th- those guys kind of all range from like, and eh, maybe not very good to fine. Um, so I think there's going to be some joy to be had for uh, Jeffrey Simmons and Tier Tart in the middle of that. And, and I think I don't think the Saints are going to run the ball on the Titans at all. Like I don't think I'm. I'm probably gonna, hurt too. I don't think he's playing. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that probably about like 16 of the 17 games this year that I don't think this team's gonna run the ball against the Titans very well at all. But <laughs> at the Saints green definitely for the podcast. are not gonna run the ball that well. Like Jamal Williams is probably gonna be their main back that they use because, like you said, M- Miller's out, Kamara's out. Um, well, Miller probably out. Um, so Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams, decent story or whatever, but not a not a exciting back in any way he's, he's only good when you get to the game. like 20 yard line you gotta get yeah, he's to the 20 good yard goal line. line back but yeah a lot of he's a guy that scares you and michael thomas to some degree like i don't know um what to believe about like michael thomas and whether he's anything close to what he used to be like what we all remember like michael thomas uh you know slant boy um at his prime like when whenever he he broke that record against the titans right the receptions in a single season um, did he really? I think he did. Yeah, because uh, I think that happened in Nissan Stadium that game where Derrick Henry set out. Um, but anyways, uh, I don't. I don't think he's going to be that guy again this year. But it, him being back does give them a little bit more um, firepower theoretically, um, even if he's not what he once was. All right, here we go. Why the Titans will lose? So you have to give us a scenario why the Titans will lose. So here, here's here's where I'm going with this. Why he's 0-2 versus the, the Titans, Carr is th- or versus the Mike Vrabel Titans, Carr is 3-2 versus the Titans in his career, and 5-4 and four on opening weekend. So it's almost like a toss-up for Derek Carr. Titans will lose because the Saints will have schemed appropriately to stop Henry, and the rest of the offensive firepower cannot keep up with Olave who will go off for hundred plus yards and Foster Moreau will take over the blanket and Taysom Hill being the security blanket Taysom Hill is going to surprise and be what everybody wishes Malik Willis was and is the gadget player that just kind of goes up because we haven't even touched on Taysom Hill yet and this may be a weekly reason because the Titans don't score so far, we have it's been a while since we've seen the Titans score 30 points, even though I do not believe this. So I'm just saying this is why they will lose. They just can't score enough. Somehow, Carr, Olave, Moreau, Taysom Hill will pull off an upset, score a bunch of points. Michael Thomas will look back to form. I mean, it Saints, wouldn't even really be an upset. They're they're favored. Yeah, it's an upset in my mind because they shouldn't be yeah. favored. They just get the home field advantage. And I, it's already going down. I wouldn't be surprised if it's almost a pick by Sunday. Uh, while the Saints have a pretty bad run defense, their pass defense was the eighth best in EPA allowed and second best in success rate. So they have a fantastic pass defense. So if they're able to slow down DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks is not at 100%, and they are able to just 
tackle Derrick Henry a little bit more often than what nor he normally is, that could just be a lower scoring game than what we all thought. And it's maybe like a 21-17, but the, the Saints will win. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think that's probably the right answer. I, I think the reason the Saints end up winning, if they do win, is because the Titans' offensive line can't block. Um, and, and, I mean, that's a real danger. Uh, look, Cameron, uh, Cameron Jordan is not – like we talked about Michael Thomas not being the guy he used to be. Cameron Jordan definitely is not the guy that he used to be. Now, he did have eight and a half sacks last year, so it's not like you can totally put him in the dirt. He's done. Um, but like, I don't know, maybe Peter Skaronsky could put the nail in the coffin for him just to start digging that hole a little deeper. Well, it's, it's, um, Jordan's like underlying stats, like his win rate last year was terrible. Um, like according to PFF numbers, I think he was in the like 6% range, which is just terrible. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's less likely that he just takes over the game, but he is also playing against Chris Hubbard. And, and I, look, I I think Chris Hubbard's going to struggle um, against almost anybody, and Cam Jordan still has enough juice to give him trouble. Because I mean, it's not like Chris Hubbard is, you know, at, at the top of his powers either. Whatever limited powers they were uh, at the point that point in his career, whenever he was a starter for the Browns, but. Um, I think if they lose the game, it's because they gave up way too many sacks, way too many pressures, turned the ball over because of the pressure. Um, and look, the Saints were set up in the back end to take advantage of you, right? Like they've got Lattimore, they've got long athletic corners in Paulson Adebo and Paulson Adebo and Elante Taylor, which while they're inexperienced. I, um, I well, listen, we, we haven't thought about this. There could be a hidden home field advantage for the Tennessee Titans because you know UT Knoxville fans are notorious for traveling because their player plays for a certain oh, team. Oh, right, yeah. And Elante Taylor is down there in True. New Orleans, so I expect to see a lot of orange in the stands. Yeah, well, almost automatically. Um, they the, Who could pass up the opportunity to travel to see Elante Taylor? Um, but uh, those corners, you know, I think can make plays. And then the safeties. Like, the safeties are really good. Tyron Matthew uh and marcus may two guys that are like a little bit older but they're still getting things done they were really good last year um the saints didn't generate a ton of turnovers uh last season as a defense as a whole but i i think that would be the path towards the titans losing is if they're turning the ball over and they just can't generate anything because of you know a leaky offensive line which you know that's a that's a familiar formula right for for titans fans all right, we got we got two more things to say, but if you guys want to throw in some questions at the end, maybe we'll get be able to have time to get to a couple of them. So, Mike, why the Titans will win? Because we like to end on a positive note. We'll get to our prediction here in a second. But in my opinion, the Titans are going to win because I think Derek Carr being a new quarterback, and I do not believe that he played in the preseason at all. But typically when you are a new quarterback, no matter how good you are, you tend to struggle with new pieces, new offenses around you. And this may not necessarily be a new offense for him because, I mean, he's familiar with Dennis Allen and the people there on the coaching staff. But you got to build that chemistry, right? Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Foster Moreau, who just came back recently off of, uh, which great for him. Talk about sneaky comeback player of the year, by the way, Foster Moreau. Um, yeah coming back from his cancer diagnosis fairly early. Um, so to me, but like, if you go back to when Tom Brady, the greatest of all time started out with the bucks, they look like shit. Those first couple of weeks, they were not good. And the bucks wide receivers were way better than what the saints have. And Tom Brady is way better than what Derek Carr is. So like, to me, that is a big key, but also the Titans defense will be at its healthiest in week one. And they have been absolutely dominating. So key additions like on the staff, on the field for the defense. To me, it's just like they're going to be able to take so much advantage against the Saints team with no run game to fear. They're a stout run defense. And this is like strength on weakness times 100. Um, I mean, the Tennessee Titans rush defense should just dominate and take away completely an entire facet 
an entire phase of the Saints offense. And so they're going to be having to pass. So it's going to be pass rush all day long. I think they'll lean heavily on the defense, keep Carr off the field by focusing in on making sure that they play sound coverage and let their do enough to let their pass rushers get home. Uh, and like I said, the Saints, we talked about it ad nauseum, but just to give you some more stats, the Saints in defense 2022 had the 12th highest rushing success rate allowed. That means they've allowed the highest amount of rushing success and the 14th highest rush EPA allowed. So they allowed the 14th highest extra expected points at him. Tajay Spears is going to be at home or kind of like a home field advantage down there, you know, from his playing days at Tulane. He's going to have something to prove. Derrick Henry is running for all running backs this season, which is a scary, scary thing for opposing defenses that he is out to prove something. And they've lost, like you've said, a lot of their top run defenders, Caden Ellis, Shai Tuttle, Marcus Davenport, and all their additions were below average. So the Titans will win because of their run game and defense, just like Mike Vrabel wants. It's a Mike Vrabel fever dream, baby. I like it. Um, I mean, I, I would follow in those same tracks, I guess. Um, and I think I would add that DeAndre Hopkins comes out and shows that he's still got the juice. And I think we've been building towards this all training camp. Um, unlike Julio Jones, Hopkins has been at practice almost every day. Um, he has been effective at practice. He's been open. He's been building some chemistry with Tannehill. The Hopkins acquisition through training camp, which means nothing, has gone as well as it possibly could um, to this point. So I think we're building towards a good showing from Hopkins in week one. I wouldn't be surprised to see him involved quite a bit. And and look, I don't think they're going to probably travel Marshawn Lattimore with Hopkins or anything like that. I, I don't think it'll be that kind of matchup, but the Titans should be able to get Hopkins against Alante Taylor against uh, Paulson Adebo. And I think he's going to be able to beat those guys. Like he, I think he's, he's still going to be able to beat young developing corners. Like, and look, Adebo and, and Taylor talented. They were picked, I think in the second and third round by the saints in the last, uh, last two or three drafts. Um, so it's not like they're not talented players, but they are also young and a player like Hopkins can take advantage of a young corner um, and show them some tricks that, that they just don't see every day um, from your average NFL wide receiver. So I think, I think Hopkins is going to be a big impact right out of the gates. Um, and I do think this deep Tennessee pass rush is going to be a problem for the saints and in particular Trevor Penning. Um, cause I, I think it's going to be a lot of Arden key over there. Um, you're going to see a lot of Danica Watry. You're going to see a lot of Harold Landry, Travis Gibson, um, you know, Rashad Weaver, Jeffrey Simmons to tart. Like they have a embarrassment of riches up front, uh, with this pass rush, especially when you get into those third and longs and, and with the, like you said, they're not going to be able to run the football. So they're going to see some third and longs, and, and I think you're going to have a lot of pressure on those downs from the Titans pass rush. I, I think I think we're setting up for a really nice game for Tennessee's defense. We're about to get into our final predictions for the game, Saints versus Titans week one. If you have any questions, we got two questions that we'll get to, but if you got some more questions, um, put them out in the comments. We appreciate it. I know there's been a lot of comments. I mean, this is probably the most comments we've had on a on a show <laughs> it's it's a lot and i'm sorry we couldn't get to all of them but i just want to let you know i've seen them uh i just you know we just got a lot to talk about football's back baby yeah uh my final verdict i'm picking the titans to nobody's surprise probably uh the titans defense is fully healthy deandre hopkins is there Derek henry tajay spears i think they'll be able to generate pressure all over the field Derek Carr is going to be running around like a chicken with his head cut off, not knowing what to do. The narrative from this game will be about how Carr is overpaid and are things going south quickly in the Saints and nothing about the Titans defense and how they look good, even though that the Titans do win. 28 to 17. Man, 28 to 17. 
So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Titans also win, which will actually be to the surprise of many, I'm sure. Um, but I think the Titans and the Saints are kind of in the same place. Like I, I think they're both teams that were a little disappointing by their standards last year. They made big changes this offseason. The Titans with offensive coordinator change and a lot of uh, personnel change. DeAndre Hopkins coming in, and then the Saints going with a new quarterback and Derek Carr. Um, so I think it's it's an interesting first game uh, for both teams, really, because um, they're kind of in similar situations uh, in general. But I think Mike Vrabel's a better coach than Dennis Allen. And, uh, you know, for that reason, I'm going to give them the edge. And I'll, I'll say from a score prediction standpoint, it, it's a uh, really uh, 19 to 16 kind of feel uh, Titans win in, in New Orleans with a lot of Nick Folk involvement. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, speaking of Nick Folk involvement uh, over at stackinginbox.com where I write, you can get like over 24 data points about kickers and about their how age plays into it. Because remember, Nick Folk is 38, and he is just as old as me and Mike. He looks <laughs> and, 58. And he looks 58. But you can see, you compare him to other, if you like to put yourself through misery, and I know Titans fans do, you can compare him to other free agent <laughs> kickers that they could have had or traded for or anything like that and see his stats. I got clutch kicker data, all kinds of stuff, stackinginbox.com. Um, Mike, what are you writing about this week for paulkarski.com? So I wrote about the five things that I'm most excited to track heading into uh, week one, some of which we, we've, we've hit on a little bit here, but I give some little nuggets in there uh, as well as, um, yeah, just uh, my general excitement level for this game. All right. Also, if you're stacking the inbox subscriber, you got in the Substack app. You may have to, you can also log into the dashboard too. There's a we do chats and threads on game days. I've been I've been doing those on game days. I did one on the preseason, very successful. So make sure you join that. But also, I put in a bet, a a Stony and me bet, two leg parlay, anytime touchdown, two leg parlay, plus four five five zero odds. So you bet ten, you get four hundred fifty five dollars, and I think it's gonna hit this weekend. I definitely think you should go check it out. We're going to get to our questions now. The first question is only for Mike, which hurts my feelings. Mike, and it's from Pretty Boy Lipschitz. Mike, how many touches does Tajay Spears get? I'm going to go with an even 10. An even 10. Where, where, where do you put it? I'm, I'm putting it over at 11 because he's definitely getting a touchdown this weekend. Okay. All right. I'm a, I'm gonna do eleven. That way, I could just price of right shift. Price is right shift over <laughs> that. Okay. Sobros Network. Tony Keeley. How many sacks for Caleb Murphy? Zero. I don't think he. I don't think he's active. He is not going to be active. And uh, there you have it. And and pretty boy Lipshit, who totally ignored me and didn't ask me the question, he also agrees that he won't be active. Uh, thanks for the show, guys. 24-10 tits, 28 points, almost in the magical 30. I like to tease the people. I didn't want to hit the 30. 28 points would be their most since 2021. <laughs> so, let's let's open lot. it up with a bang. Let's open it up with a bang with DeAndre Hopkins, Derrick Henry. Let's do it. If they're inside, and Nick Folk is – they should have kept Michael Badgley for this game because he's perfect on inside. Um, they should have an indoor and outdoor kicker. That's what they need. There um, you go. That's been the problem. Nathan score says 21-13 to the tits. And Stoney says Tajay Spears walk-off touchdown reception off a will route in overtime. And Pretty Boy Lip should ask Zach when is the next show, which is a layup of a question to try to, you know, placate my ego. And it won't work, but I will answer your question. Thursday, 1 p.m., a football show, me and Brayden Gall. And then I don't know when we'll do this next week. <laughs> we we just yeah. kind of the seat of our pants. Yeah, we're we're kind of making shit work just because I'm in the middle of moving across the country, and so we're we're fitting it in where we can. That will do it for us. Bluegrass beverages, not orange grass beverages, because they spit in the faces of you know, Knoxville UT fans. You know, if they'd, if they'd pander to Tennessee fans more, can they'd have lines out the door. There you go. Yeah. And let me say something. 
Bluegrass Beverages is a UT liquor store. So I will say this. They at the, the 30th or the 50th anniversary this past weekend, and they're gonna do a lot of events like this. They had a huge TV on the inside dedicated to the UT game, and they're all wearing UT gear, like all the people that work there. Uh Adam Sinks, who was on the show, you can actually see it. So they're all um they're all UT fans, and they and they they are gonna have events based around UT college football. So you should definitely be going to Bluegrass Beverages if you're a UT fan. Don't ever say they don't do anything for you. They pander to you all damn day long because you know what? They just pander to anyone who likes good alcohol and good selections and great customer service. Bluegrass Beverages, 50 years, celebrate 50 years this year. 50 years, it's been great. Uh, Mike Herndon, follow him on X at Mike Herndon NFL. I'm Zach Lyons. You can follow me on X at Efforts Pod. This has been another effort. After dark, and you have just been effed. Oh my god.